Marianne. You can't mime if you're speaking. Well, no, I'm reacting mime. to your, okay. your fake inappropriate Oh, oh. If you were picked up, I don't even know. And I'm like, Marianne. Really? really? You really need something like that? <laughs> Marianne, don't you already have 40 sequin dresses in your closet, Marianne? Really? We are ready to begin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I need. What do you want? I want to grab this. I do not actually own enough sequin dresses. You're missing out. I think I, I have one. That's pretty fantastic. I bring the the fabulous to work. I re Avenue again had that okay. black sequin skirt. Love it. Yeah. Love it. We're ready. We're ready. Ooh. Hello everyone. Uh, we're doing a special live back
Well, I like it because it's a, a counter to the sort of hoarding instinct yeah. that I think some of us get with clothes. I mean, right now I have more clothes than I have physical space to put them in. It's a problem. There's some laundry that I'm just not doing because once it's clean, I'll be like, well, shit, now I gotta find a place and I can't. So, I mean, part of that comes from, I have found this thing that fits. I'm never gonna find this thing again. I better buy it now. And I think that the Fat Girl Flea is a really good antidote to that uh, because you, you find so much uh, you know, we're sort of surrounded by like this abundant supply of clothes that fit for one. Well, I was watching um, the fatty version of Say Yes to the Dress yeah. on Friday night because I got in and I was waiting for room service because I was starving and it was on and I sort of half watched it. And the thing that the women on that show kept saying repeatedly was like they put on, and I mean, it was all wedding dresses. Um, they put on the wedding dress and like the first one they put on that they could zip up, they were like, oh, I love it, I'll buy it. And like, you know, the, the, I don't really watch the show, like I've never seen it before, so I assume the people, like the consultants on it are regulars. Um, but like the one dude was like, oh, oh. Uh, I have input on that. Okay, oh, Julia has input. Okay. Um, but yeah, so the dude was kind of like, you know, I think she just wants to buy it because it fits. And I kind of felt like punching him in the face. It was <laughs> like, well, yeah, because this may be, and she actually said, I haven't worn a dress in like 20 years or something ridiculous like that, that, you know, I, I didn't know that I, which physically capable of putting on a dress and having it zip up. Um, so yeah, so she was pretty, and she didn't. She wound up finding the dress was horrible, at least in my humble opinion. But she found a much better one. Um, but yeah, so what was your? We're passing the mic to Julie. Pass the mic. Um, I have watched a lot of say yes for the dress shows. Um, so there is the plus size one that we do in Atlanta. It's not so. You're saying that like we know the answer. And <laughs> That's kind of tragic, 
Like that's one of the things I think that gets, I don't know, unexpectedly revealed during shows like Say Yes to the Dress. Like, it's kind of fucking tragic that this woman is like, oh, it fits. I haven't worn a dress in 20 years. But, oh my God. Like that's not, it, it's supposed to be a, a show, a fluffy show about finding dresses. And instead it's, you know. Well, the weird thing is I actually kind of liked it. Um, I was I was expecting it to be sort of like exploitative and, and gruesome and horrible and, and women crying. And um, it was actually pretty damn, um, I'm trying not to swear because I'm very loud. Um, but it was actually pretty darn, like, uplifting. <laughs> You're trying to insert this into what I'm saying. <laughs> you, you should discuss your wedding dress because you're both married. I didn't have a wedding dress. I didn't have a wedding dress either. circled around, Julia asked us, since we are both married ladies, to describe our dresses. But neither of us had wedding dresses. We both had city hall weddings. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the reasons I eloped was because I was not about to deal with the drama of finding a dress as well as dealing with my family. But I just was like, you know what? Screw this. This is our wedding for us. I wore black capri pants and a black t-shirt and Ed wore jean shorts and a t-shirt with a ninja on it. <laughs> I yeah. believe we both wore sandals. When I when I got married, it was when I was still wearing separate. Um, so I actually had a flouncy skirt. It was all in black. Um, I had a flouncy skirt and like a lacy Lane Bryant. I think it was actually lingerie um, top, and then like a cardigan <laughs> over the over the lingerie. And um, I don't remember what my husband wore. Probably like khakis and a button-down shirt. That's I would be about to say something similar, but yeah. I don't think he would be wearing the lingerie top. No, he would <laughs> Although that would have been a very memorable that wedding. That would have been a great wedding. Well, you can't wear It's true. Um, but yeah, no, I actually found the show to be kind of uplifting and, and happy-making because, you know, none of, no, there was very little talk about, oh, I need to lose 150 pounds before my wedding. In a week. Right. Um, which is very often what you hear from, you yeah. know, brides. And it was, you know, tended to be very, no, we're going to find a dress that fits you and makes you look awesome. And I thought that was kind of That's remarkable so for, you know, this sort of show. I got to admit, I kind of love wedding dresses. I love big, flouncy dresses that make people look like dessert. <laughs> so You just want to be a cupcake. I would not mind being a cupcake, except then someone would eat me and I would not exist anymore. I would be digested. Yes. It would be very sad. Yes. And we'd all be done. Yeah. And they'd be like, damn, she turned into a cupcake and then people ate her. <laughs> Dressing like a cupcake, on the other hand. So you just want to wear like big flouncy wedding dresses that for no reason. I, I have a, a, it's not like I go to formal events, but I do have a little collection of formals because they're so pretty. I mean, that's, that's sort of where the ruffliest ruffles tend to be. And granted, I can't like wear them to work on Casual Friday, but maybe I should start. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anyone would stop you. I don't think they would. I, mean, <laughs> I don't even know if anyone that you work with would be surprised. They, they may not. Like, oh, like, Mary Ann's in a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Friday. <laughs> Sometimes I wear half foot feathers and they're like, oh, 
That's a step in the same direction. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, what was the other thing? I don't have my notes in front of me. You're the one who operates for that moment. See, Leslie has this obsessive note-taking thing that she does. And I'm like, no, we're just going to let it happen. It's going to be great. It's going to be organic and organic free. Organic and free. Like a beautiful unicorn. I was thinking of a tomato. Organic tomatoes are fantastic. Well, they're like, fluffed and juicy. They are fluffed and juicy. But they're not known for being yeah. particularly interesting.
Yeah, horses meet all. That's not what horses smell like. <laughs> <laughs> I sprayed it down my shirt so you'd have to smell my boobs, so that might be awkward. Well, I did, I, I did that the other day, actually. <laughs> yeah. So, Marianne bought a whole bunch. I didn't. I poked through a bunch of stuff. But Leslie the, the held things I basically held stuff because the dress collection was pretty slim by the time I got there. And Well, from what I understand, they had put the dresses in with the shirts, and I think we didn't know that, and so we didn't I, dig enough. I did find some that way, but yeah. nothing that really rang my bell all that yeah. Your bell is pretty specific. My bell is very high and hard to reach. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many places to go with well, that. Well, don't think I don't know that. <laughs> one location. <laughs> of, I'm not going to touch that. I don't know what to do. And I mean, this job, y'all, this job, there's no, like, boundary anymore between, like, work Marianne and internet Marianne. They all, like, watched me on TV, and some of them read my blog, and it's very interesting. It's a whole new experience. So it's not like they don't know. I, I use the word fat a lot. Fat, 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 fat. But it's a really confronting word for some people, and I think when you have it in the title of your event like that, it uh, it, it gets some interesting reactions. The reactions I always get are either um, dead silence and like a rapid change of subject, or like I need your that's like awesome. Let's talk about something else. <laughs> <laughs> we we have a story from the audience. Oh, oh, oh okay. sorry. Can you also um, say your name? And I'm Holly. Hi. Hi, Holly. Hi, Holly. Okay. Um, no, I just had a question about that myself because I have now kind of come to the point where it's like, okay, I call myself fat to other people. And I'm sure a lot of people have kind of encountered this point where you say, like, oh, I'm like a fat girl, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, you're not fat. Don't worry about it. Like, it's, to me, that's even more insulting than somebody calling you fat is an insult. So I'm just kind of wondering how would you guys deal with that when people kind of can't handle you calling yourself that like that. Yeah. Go for it. Good question. It is a good question. Um, I get this a lot and I handle it differently depending on the circumstances. Um, in some if, if it, I'm in a situation like a more social situation where I can actually like take 10 minutes to explain <laughs> like why I use the word fat and why I like the word fat and fat, 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 like, you know. Um, right, yeah, if I can, if I have the time, otherwise, um, I will usually just say, like, no, I am fat. And I just sort of hang it out there and just leave it and let them sort of walk away. Even if they walk away completely bewildered, I feel like I've had a positive effect in their life. <laughs> <laughs> well, because ultimately, like, it's not my job to make them comfortable. Yeah. They are either going to be comfortable with the word and me and my body, or they're not going to be. And so if they can't handle my self-identification, that's, that's 
their problem on this one. Um, I will often try to handle it with humor. Have you looked at me? <laughs> you know, um, I think I think when people say that, what they are doing is you're not any of the fat stereotypes and all of the connotations that they associate with fat. And so sometimes you can have like a really productive conversation about how fat is actually coded language in our society. But you really have to kind of, yeah, you have to pick your, your battles and you have to pick the strategy you're going to take with each individual. You do yeah. have to know your audience. And I mean, most audiences respond well to humor. So if you can actively demonstrate that you are not insulting yourself, because I think people hear the word fat and they think that this person they like is insulting themselves the way a lot of fat women do. Oh, I'm so fat, I'm so gross, whatever. And they don't quite get at first that you're not tacking any of that on. So I think you sometimes just have to demonstrate that no, I'm fat and I'm awesome. It's great. Well, fat by its nature is a word that creates a huge amount of tension. Yeah. And I think that being able to use humor, you can sort of, if people can laugh, then they don't feel so tense and it sort of breaks down a little bit of yeah. the reluctance to hear and use the word. But one of my favorite things actually is when little kids um, make comments to me. Um, this actually happened pretty recently and I don't think I talked about it like on the last It's recording. a whole new story. Yeah. Um, now I was in I was in a Target and there was a little boy with his mom and um, he said to his mom something to the fact that why is that lady so fat? And his mom sort of like like you don't say that. like like you know trying to to be a mom and not, you know, embarrass me. And I and I turned to the boy and I said, I sure am fat and people are different and it's awesome. And the mom, I swear, just looked at me like I had three heads at that point. You were a dancer. And the little boy was like, all right. <laughs> so, yeah. While she shares, would you hold this so I can put on my cardigan? I'm cool. Sure. I didn't mean it in an 
No, I just meant that, like, I, I didn't go through that phase in part because, um, well, one of the constant themes of this weekend has been distribution of fat and how it affects the fit of clothing. Um, Leslie got a new dress, and I tried it on first because it was awesome. I had not even tried the dress on yet, and Marianne's, like, ripping it out of my hand. I did not rip it out of your hand. You handed it to me oh, oh, and yeah. said, look at this dress. So then I tried it on. It's awesome, and it fit me very well, which created some concern for Leslie because we have very different body sizes. And then she tried it on, and it fit her very well as well in a completely different way. So I think that um, where men's clothes may have worked for you, they didn't work for me at all. Like, I kind of have narrow shoulders, and by the time something fit me across the bus, you know, I was, I was swimming in the rest of it, and it looked ridiculous. By the time, like, I still can't wear men's clothes. Um, I tried to buy some men's jeans at a Goodwill, and by the time I get them to fit my hips, like, it's like I'm wearing a sack made of denim. Because See, in that phase for me, it was all about wearing a sack. So yeah. That worked for me. Well, it, it didn't work for me because I don't like belts, and I would, like, I would have all of this extra waist material and not know what to do with it because it would flap. You know, it wasn't like, oh, it's a little big. It's like, oh, these pants are falling off because they have to fit the widest part and the, the waist is the exact same width. Yeah. So I think that that experience may also depend some on body distribution, distribution of fat. Of fattery. Yeah. yeah, fattery. Yeah, I actually have pictures of myself in that phase um, where I'm literally, like now I look at pictures and I'm like, what the hell was I doing? I mean, we all do that. Like, you know, why was I wearing that? But, like, I'm wearing this, this like, a men's Oxford button-down shirt, and it's, like, like, today I'd wear it as a dress. I'd belt it, and I'd wear it as a dress. It would be fabulous. But at the time, I was wearing, like, this huge thing, and it, like, came down to just above the knee, and then I had, like, a loose black skirt under that that was, like, ankle length and, you know, big old boots. And, yeah. you know, I, I, it was because it fit. Like, I could find it, and it was relatively yeah. expensive at Marshall's, and it fit my body. So, like, this is, this is what, you know. It's, it's sad when the way we present ourselves is dictated to us by what we have access yeah. to. Because I feel like I never identified as being particularly, even when I was wearing men's jeans, like, continuous as all I wore, um, I never identified as particularly butch, but I looked butch as hell. Um, in my everyday life, but, you know, I was dressing that way because that's what I could get into and what I could afford. Yeah. We shopped at Kmart a lot, and they had some, I'm not going to say, like, super cute, but they, they had some, like, girly, quote-unquote, fat girl things, especially for kids in the, in, in the fat kid range, so,
but sometimes you can find some really cool stuff, and I had a lot more time than I do now. So, I mean, it's pertaining to time. It really, really is. So I wonder if that like couple of years difference had an well, impact on that too. For me too, I was being raised by a single father who really, you know, didn't know what was, yeah. you know, sort of important for socializing me as a girl. Yeah. And so it was really only later that I started to be like, oh, like maybe I could put a skirt on or, you know. And look at you now. Yeah. And then, yeah, I've cast off pants forever. <laughs> I have cast off the tyranny of pants. The tyranny of separate, even. <laughs> yes, indeed. I like separate. I know you do. I like dressing too. Oh, wait, Oh, just real quick. I yeah, was yeah. just going to say one of my favorite episodes of that cast is the Not Your Gender in My Cat episode <laughs> <laughs> where you do explain the time that you went to Publix and you had your hair cut short and um, the man said, like, you know, you're welcome to sun or something yeah. like that. But, uh, but no, anyway, um, and I, I kind of relate to you kind of in that episode and now talking about how when you were growing up, like, you didn't really have kind of your gender identity until later. And I feel like now, later on in life, I am kind of identifying definitely in the feminine spectrum of things. But yeah, when I was a kid, it was like Walmart or, you know, maybe Fashion Bug every once in a while. It was very hard as a kid to, one, find clothes for me being a fat kid, and two, you know, that weren't, you know, overly expensive. So so I totally kind of relate to the, the boys' clothes from a young age, having, sh you know, short hair yeah. kind of thing. But, but yeah, um, that's kind of all I want to add. Well, one of the things um, that I think is interesting about growing up fat, um, I know that my, my clothes weren't so much informing my gender identity as was the sense that I was the smart kid and that was going to have to be enough because I was also the fat kid and so I was weird and nobody would ever love me or find me sexually desirable. So it was a strangely like asexual kind yeah. of bubble and you know when when you're identity is still being informed by people's responses to you, it, it was really very interesting because it was. It was, it was college before I was like, I'm going to wear some pretty fucking clothes and screw you guys. Literally. Um, <laughs> it happens. I'm not ashamed. So, <laughs> so, I mean, I think that's one of the things that does tend to happen with fat kids is whether you dress them in, like, skirts and, and dresses or whether you dress them in men's clothes is that no matter what they're wear, wearing, they're getting this strange sort of you're not allowed to be sexual, you're not allowed to identify as a specific gender. Because if you do like dare to be too girly or whatever, I mean, you, you get sort of the mean girls effect and that's where the whole like putting silk dresses on pigs thing yeah. kicks in and people are like, why are you even trying? So I think that it, it complicates matters because then you don't even get to explore that as a child. Pass the mic. Passing the mic to Karen. Hi, Karen. Um, and I, I found with that, I definitely found feeling through in that asexual bubble that no one could see me as sexual. And so in sort of the teenage years, I would be really blatant and say really inappropriate things at really inappropriate times. <laughs> We're now really cringe <laughs> Right. And, uh, you know, in like this attempt to be like, no, no, look at me and pay attention and, and see this that I see. And it was really a pretty large failure for a long 
time <laughs> and really uncomfortable to look back on because it was so inappropriate. Yeah. Well, part of what perplexed me was like literally, I remember being in, and I think this is where I got my whole vinyl and clothes thing. Was I remember being like four or five years old and having my mom have to take me to the boys' department because none of the girls' jeans would fit me. And I remember even being, you know, four and five, you're just starting to really grasp that you're supposed to be different if you're a girl. And I remember being sort of scandalized, even that young, that, oh, my God, I'm having to wear boys' pants, and, like, no one must know this horrible secret. And I just got, and I, I somehow from that experience, I feel like I, I, you know, got the idea that I'm not allowed to wear yeah, stuff. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm built in a certain way that, you know, I'm, I'm wrong and I'm built wrong and I'm shaped wrong. Therefore, I shouldn't be allowed to, you know, dress in a way that shows my body at all. And yeah, so that I think really fed into wearing men's clothes for as long as I did. And then it was like I got to college, and um, again I started hanging out with goth kids, and that was like, oh wait, there's fat chicks and dresses, and more than that, fat chicks and freaking courses. We keep coming back to the, yeah. the goth community like well, every was, time we talk together. It was really radical for yeah. me because I was like, wow, okay, maybe I am allowed to do this because there's these other chicks who don't seem to give a crap. And then suddenly, and everybody loves how they look. Yeah, yeah, and then suddenly I was the fat girl shopping in the lingerie department for clothes. Yeah. And, well, I play Mode Magazine for that too. Because yeah, Mode, Mode Magazine was all about layering the lace lips and I was like, that's a good idea. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> You're heavily inspired. Laughing at me now. I don't know. So I, somewhere up here is, I think, a picture from the spread, the uh, the very spread that that did. I would have to find it. I would have to look. Yeah. But um, there's a lot of mode up here, and yeah. I love coming and sitting in this little, I don't know, grotto. It's the lounge. It's I like the lounge the grotto. Gonna call it a grotto. You can call it a lounge. The fat mermaid grotto. <laughs> there you go. It's magical. We've got a question. Pass the mic. It's there. We go. We've got a lot of cord. Hi I'm including all kinds of sort of social community 
she's but really, she means complex. Yeah. No, because I still really don't like her. <laughs> <laughs> I resent it. What about um, the fashionista life journal? The yeah. fashionista life journal community, yeah, which the is another good example. The fashionista life journal community still seems really centered on clothing, though, yeah. as an expression of it. I mean, yeah. on the one hand, we we when the community was a whole lot smaller, I think there was a lot more political discussion. But as the community has grown, it's it's really sort of focused on the fashion stuff, yeah. Um, well, which is great. I mean, it serves its purpose. But. I mean, I was going to say fashion is political. It's yeah. just political. It doesn't have to be political. I think it depends on how you're using it. And I think that you know, for me, it's always political. Every I I don't leave the house without having thought deeply about what I'm putting on before I go. Um, for lots of people, it's just a question of survival. It's I want to yeah. be able to go to work and not get harassed and, you know, look somewhat like I fit in with everyone else, and that's fine, too. Um, I think there's room for all of that. But I, I, I the, the center on clothing, I think, is just because we have that shutout mentality to yeah. some extent, you know, where it's like once we discover, oh, we're entitled to wear what we want, whatever it is, whether it's femme or whether it's not, um, that is, you know, sort of mind-opening. Because clothing is such a, I mean, it's such a, a really dramatic part of self-expression. Even if you're the kind of person who opts out from participating in fashion, that itself is, a, is an important expression. It's also something that translates easily to a communal experience. Like, we're not going to be camping out doing a live fat cast from the doctor's office. You know, oh, we, we totally should. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's the kind of thing where you get your friends together and you go shopping. You don't get your friends together and go to the gynecologist. Right. Um, we oh, tend we should to do that too. You know, I, I think a lot of um, I I think a lot of the other sort of issues that we face as fat people tend to be in those sort of private, vulnerable moments when you're not wearing any pants. You know, whether it's related to sex or the health care system or, well, I guess you're wearing pants when you're harassed on the street. Sometimes you don't have to be wearing pants. <laughs> um, but this is sort of the easiest venue for everybody to come together and actually share something positive. Um, even if we did live fat cats from the gynecologist. You know, it's still not like there's going to be a group exam happening. Yeah. It's, it's still Although an individual. Although that would be kind of awesome, too. There's still an individual experience. So I think there does probably need to be a more conscious effort to bring fat activism, like, I guess, in the social, quote-unquote, sphere out of the clothing thing. But Well, the one thing we've run into a lot um, over the years on the uh, fashion live journal community was that fashion tends to be like a gateway drug. Um, where, you know, you kind of realize, like, oh, you know, maybe I can dress away. You know, maybe I can wear the cute clothes I've always wanted to wear without, you know, having losing lost 75 pounds. Maybe I can do it regardless. Um, once you get into that, now you can, you can get to that point and feel justified and validated in buying and dressing the way you want to dress and presenting the way you want to present. But it's not a given that you'll automatically start thinking, wow, my doctor treats me like crap every yeah. time I go see him. And that's not fair or right. Um, that's another step beyond I want to wear the kind of stuff I see and you know at anthropology, but yeah. will never fit me. Um, that's you know you kind of need help to get there. You kind of need to be having these conversations 
with you know people who are very political in order to realize like wow I'm I actually am also not only am I allowed to put on the dress I'm also allowed to tell my doctor you know what I think you're being abusive or this is making me very uncomfortable or I'm tired of coming in here and saying I have a sinus infection and you saying well it's because you're so fat well that's one reason we started podcast in the first place yeah. to have more of those conversations so yeah yeah do that do that there is a side there is a
that again, I, like I never know if I'm going to make them uncomfortable. Because I know if someone comes up and says that to me, I'm usually like, hey, thanks. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it's you want to connect. We're talking. why we need a secret handshake. Yeah, like we've been talking about needing a, some sort of secret, you know, fatty handshake, you know, where like we know. Like, oh, yeah, I see you. Not at home. Right, but I don't want to. I don't want to appropriate. I want to have something, you know, that's, that's ours. You know, I, I feel like there are so many ways that can be a yeah. gesture. <laughs> and that may just be because I'm like 12 years old. But no, I think that's the point. I think that's the point. Uh, but yeah, so you know, trying to make those connections, you can make connections with people that you know are already on board. But sometimes you also have to try to make connections with people who aren't, yeah. which can be even more of a challenge because, you know, and I've had, you know, conversations with people at work and stuff who don't, you know, who maybe stumbled across my blog and suddenly want to talk my ear off about it because there is, there's, I feel like very often, you know, there is a, a inner desire to be told that you're okay. Yeah. Um, and to be told that, you know, you're not doing anything wrong and you don't look wrong. Um, the, the sort of semi-frustrating thing about that is that you do have to step back and really relearn the 101 sort of perspective yeah. on things. Like, you, you can't just sort of automatically level people up to your experience. There's still yeah. going to be a certain amount of people loathing their bodies. And if that's something that's triggering for you, it's hard to find that balance. Like, I can't really deal with people talking about diet stuff. Mm -hmm. And... That's such a common thing for people to talk about, even when they are sort of getting into self-acceptance and body acceptance, that sometimes I find it really hard to have that conversation um, as a sustained, let's hang out kind of conversation, because it keeps coming up. So it's, it's one of those things you have to find a balance on, and you don't, it, it is really great when you can get something started, but you also have to keep in mind that you have to take care of yourself and, and practice yeah. self-preservation because self-acceptance is so hard won and is sometimes so fragile. Um, what often helps me with that is, is I try, because it's so easy to think of self-acceptance as like a, a scale or like a spectrum or a straight a line. scale? Yeah. Well, really, Leslie? Yeah. I didn't even do that on purpose. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, you know, thinking you're on a certain point on this, you know, journey, this, this linear journey. Um, but, I mean, we all have so many different intersectional backgrounds. We have so much other stuff going on that affects where we are in our level of understanding and acceptance. And, and, and you know, it, for me, it sort of helps to think of it more as like a nebulous cloud or like a bazillion Venn diagrams. I like Venn diagrams. Yeah, like all, you know, like bubbles. All, you know, where different people have different, are in different places. And there are some areas where someone might be very radical but they might not be radical, you know, like I said before, you can have someone who's willing to go out um, clubbing in lingerie and fuck anyone who doesn't like it, but that same person might not be comfortable. <laughs> I can't help Or who does like it. You must be wide <laughs> open for verbiage. But that same person <laughs> might not be comfortable going and, you know, confronting their doctor or yeah. confronting, you know, some guy like their neighbor who's constantly Absolutely. harassing them. Um, you know, that's, that's, you know, it's not like you get to a certain, you know, like you get to level seven, and, and at this point, you know, you have plus two against street harassment. And <laughs> <laughs> it would be awesome. If you <laughs> <laughs> um, 
That would be, I would play that video game. <laughs> would be oh, yeah. It's like a fat RPG. <laughs> yeah, Mimi Roth would be the boss at the end of the <laughs> Come on, you know it. She said, well, never mind. Well, she would be like one of the mid-level bosses. Yeah. Like that guy from the anti-gym in Colorado would be one of the yeah. low-level bosses. He's a loser. Um, it'd be, you know, yeah. it'd be great. Yeah. But yeah, so I kind of, you know, I think that's where those conversations, that's where those conversations get confusing and tricky for me because I will have a conversation about fashion with someone that, you know, comes to, you know, we're both sort of like, yeah, let's, you know, sleeveless and, and above the knee, looking at you, and <laughs> et cetera. And then we'll, but then we'll talk about, you know, we'll talk about talking back to screencasters or we'll talk about, you know, bad experience with the doctor and it's a completely different, you know, there's, there's, it, 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 it's not like we all get past those issues all at the same time. Sometimes it takes, you know, multiple and I mean, it's not like it is a strictly, a strictly straightforward path. I mean, there sometimes you spiral back. You have good days and yeah. you have bad days, and you know sometimes you have insecure days. And so sometimes something that wouldn't bother you on one day is gonna really bother you on another. And it it is not like oh now I am failing at this. It's this is how it is today. Do you have any other questions or anything from people? Can we take some questions? Yeah. Do you guys, guys want to talk to one of the time that Mike and Canada? Um, it was making noise. Do, do people want the microphone or would they feel more comfortable without it? You can just shout. Yeah. Um, I know Mike makes some people uncomfortable.
And then you would have a reason to wear it. Glamorous. The 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 suggestion has been that uh, she buy the dress and host a glamorous fat cocktail party, which would also give people the opportunity to wear like tuxes, which I'm all for, oh, and yeah. smoking jackets and. Yeah. I, I encourage that. If you have that, we would like to be invited. <laughs> I think you have a lot of willing attendees at a glamorous cocktail party. It's true. Did anybody else find anything particularly fabulous? All the people that shop here. All the people yeah, that shop yeah. here. And they were just arrangements without making a new friend. That's true. And that kind of, yeah, I mean, that's that's an interesting, I, that's one of the reasons why I love coming here so much, is because, you know, I come in and I'm, I'm like, oh, well, I can relax. Part of that, <laughs> like, I, I tend to come for a lot of special events. And so I wind up in the fitting room with a bunch of other people. And I'm like, I've seen them in their underpants. We're friends. <laughs> they know what I'm wearing. I know what they're wearing. It's great, you know? So I well, think that's, that's... That's a weirdly... And I don't want to come... Well, I come across as pervy no matter what I do. So I won't even bother <laughs> it's trying to talk But that's exactly. one, of my fa- one of my favorite things about the Fat Girl Flea Market is seeing so many chicks in their underwear. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Because it's, it's, it's such a... Like, wow, like, look at all these bodies. Every single one is different because we have this idea that there's, like, even within, you know, to some extent, and this is really unfortunate, but even within fat acceptance communities, we sometimes have this idea that there is a, an acceptable or a more acceptable yeah. or a more desirable fat body. And then, you know, you see a bunch of chicks in their, their you know, underpants, and it's like, wow, there are so many different shapes. And fat lands in so, so many different places and it's you know it's kind of remarkable like you know i saw um a couple women um yesterday god it's all a blur um (laughs) who were really shaped very similar to me and i don't have a whole lot of friends that i regularly see in underpants that um are shaped similarly to me most of my friends tend to be a little more hourglassy they're a little more you know they they're they have more of that balanced shape and they're not all sort of fat in the middle like me and so seeing that i'm like rock you know, naked person who looks familiar with whom I can identify. Like, I want to go and hug them and be like, oh, we are awesome. I do Let's like that. <laughs> I, I like that for many reasons. Um, but I also like that people aren't hiding. Um, it's really powerful to be with a group of people who refuse to hide. Um, you know, whether it's in a fitting room here or whether it's drop in your pants at the Fat Girl Flea Market to try something on where you stand because the official fitting rooms are so packed. Um, it's, 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 I hate to say it, but it's modeling appropriate behavior, yeah. I guess, in a way. But it's, it's really reinforcing uh, that, you know, I, I don't care if I take my pants off and somebody sees my underpants. Why should I be ashamed of that? It is nice that other people have that same feeling as well, and it sort of enforces that, yeah, we have nothing to be ashamed of here. But the other thing I would say is in the dressing room-ish area at the Buckle Place, there are signs that say, by positive zone, yeah. yes. don't say these things, say these things. And at the dressing room, uh, the volunteer one thing. And everyone was positive, and people still started to be like, I don't know, like, 
Yeah. <laughs> we had biscuits and gravy. Yeah. But um, the other thing I want to talk about a little bit was the walk. I don't, to, I don't think that was in your notes. Was to walk to after the back of the market, a bunch of us walked to the food box store. Yes, we did. Exactly. <laughs> a very long walk. Um, but the funny thing that always cracks me up, and we've talked about this before, whenever like a bunch of us are out in a group, um, there's like out like nine or ten of us. Yeah, people like will openly stare. Like, why? Why are all these steps when we? Together. Yeah, why are, why yeah, are they it's so like loud? It's like there's a herd of fat on them. Yeah. Why do they know that they're fat? Stampede. Good word. Do they, <laughs> maybe that's it. Maybe they're afraid we'll get spooked. What would it take to startle us? Would it be like a donut accident or something? A donut, maybe a donut truck turns over. Maybe like you know someone holds up a dress and there's only one and we all love it. That would probably do it more than a donut. Yeah. A donut truck turning. Well, I'm imagining it from their perspective. Yeah. They they probably think it's a donut yeah, emergency. Probably, but. but like that happened continuously yeah. yesterday. Like I we're walking and walking and walking. It was a long walk, and like I kept seeing people going, like you know, like. They may also have been impressed that it was eight fat people walking. Because one of the one of the most consistent questions I get when I do like radio or otherwise interviews that take place over the phone is, well, are you mobile? Oh People actually God. ask you that. Oh, all the goddamn time. And it'll be like, I just got through telling you about Disney World in a really random way. We haven't been rising. I could. But, I mean, I'll have sent them a picture of me roller skating or something, and they'll be like, well, how, uh, can you walk around? I, um, I had, like, a one-line... It was more than one line. I had like a one sentence quote in a recent blog um, post on the New York Times site or the, yeah, something. I don't know. I don't remember. It was a thing. And I got all of these comments. And one of the comments I got was, well, I think you should just try to lose some weight theory because obviously that can't be good for your mobility and you have to be super uncomfortable. And I'm like, thanks for telling me about my life. You know, and everybody assumes that you're going to be hot all the time. And I'm like, I'm freezing right now because they turned on the air conditioning. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's cold. I mean, it's it's people who have this whole set of assumptions. And to see, like, a whole bunch of fat fatties walking down the side of the road is, like, they have a right to be there. Yeah, probably really revolutionary. They're like, oh, my God, they're walking around like they have... Like, they have money to spend and shoes to buy. For whatever reason, you get more um, weird trolling comments than I do. I don't know why. Um, I don't know what it is that, that they like you and they don't like me. But I did get, and I told you about this. Yeah, I did get did. an email, apropos of nothing, um, a couple of weeks ago, that literally all the email said was just fat, 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 and cap. Like, like eight or nine I had times. Sent you that email. And I, I'm looking. Well, I thought. Well, that's just the thing. This is this is the true story. Is I got it, and I didn't immediately look at who sent it, and I thought, oh, Marianne sent this. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh no, this is from someone that you know, some other like I don't even know who. Yeah. It was. I was just someone I had no idea who he was. Um, that's that's the power of claiming the word. But yeah, like I read it, and I'm like, oh, clearly this came from Marianne, and, and you know, it. it I can only assume it came from a guy who was trying yeah. to upset me. But that was one of those situations where I'm like, uh-huh. 
<laughs> and like, is there more? Like, what about me makes you think that you could send me an email where you just say that word, and I'm going to like cry? I I got an email from like during the same like group of emails uh, from the blog post that said I was a public health menace. Which is like the best thing ever. And I really, really, really want to make a t-shirt in sequence that says public health enemy number one. <laughs> you know, you could probably manufacture it in sequence of five. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh no, people feel good about themselves. That's terrible. Yeah. So. We're all suffering because of you, Mary. I, I saw the hand about to go up. Well, I think, I think one of the things that... No, there's uh, that... Do you want the mic? Well, no. Okay. I think, I think one of the things that also scares them is that you're feeling good about yourself as contagious. Yeah. So you're making other people feel good about themselves, and then what will all the, the haters have to do if everybody feels good? It'll be an academic, epidemic of, like, self-acceptance and happiness. Well, yeah, it's modeling. It's modeling that behavior. It's modeling, you know, I get to go out and not apologize for, and, and that is, I think, yeah, I think people honestly do think that is dangerous. Like, not just annoying or, you know, uppity, dangerous. Huh? We're not remembering our place. Yeah. But, you know, no, you don't get to be seen. You don't get no. to. Uh, uh, one of my favorite, well, not favorite, I can't remember. One of the things that I really find interesting about Tumblr is, you know, I, I, I see a lot of people always post, like, pictures of themselves out the day, you know, things like that. And then it's always, Always. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever seen a really good picture of a fat girl wearing a cute outfit that hasn't been reblogged with somebody saying something ridiculous on it. And I, I find it interesting because a lot of the times I click on that and it's like somebody that's like, you know, oh, I'm so sad, I wish I was great. And it's kind of like, I, I wish that would be more encouraging to people, you know, to love themselves than, you know, to, to you know, than, than, than it is. I think that it is pretty encouraging. Um, I think that when you, when you're posting a whole lot of pictures about um, outfits and that sort of thing, I mean, one of one of the constant sort of streams of feedback that you get is from other people saying like, "Oh, this really inspires me to do whatever." So I think that tends to be a slightly less public reaction, but you do get like some really ridiculous comments on it's, but, um, on Tumblr. There's this. Um, I don't know. If, I think it's a, a specific Tumblr that's um, aggregating all the all of the images, but I, it you know it spreads out. It's Tumblr, um, but it's people. It's bad people in their underpants. Um, sort of the the tagline is "Be brave, join the revolution," and a lot of those posts get really really negative comments. Like you know, I don't think this person should feel that way because they're fat. And I'm like, you don't think they should be happy because of their fat. Let's examine that. Yeah. You know, but but it is such a common response. And but that's logical. Like you're yeah. being logical, and and the response is not. It's my Vulcan. I don't know. The response the response that people have isn't logical. It's it's culturally conditioned revulsion. Yeah. It's you know I see that and I have to be like. You Do know. you want the mic? Okay. people on Tumblr who won't like passively take that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, Tumblr 
Tumblr is a great place to get pissed off. <laughs> you know, people, and and it's amazing how stuff spreads, and people you don't even think are going to see it see stuff. But it is there's there's a whole lot of people who are not afraid to call stuff out at all when it comes to any kind of social justice issue. Who will have like incredibly passionate arguments, and who just will not let somebody who was in effect trolling have the last word. And Sometimes it's a little tag teamy, you know, because there's a community. And so everybody can kind of get in on this, I'm sorry, no, you're you're a bad person. Yeah. Kind of response to like, well, you should kill yourself because you're bad. Well, you're a bad person because what the fuck? You know, it's 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 I think really empowering to know you're gonna have that backup. Um, that you're not sort of the only person in the insert mainstream media comment thread here, you know, trying to fight against the tide. Yes, do you want the mic? Sure. Okay. I think, um, my name's Barbara, um, Hi, Barbara. The most confusing thing I've seen is, like, the inspiration box that has followed my Tumblr, but then, and, like, commenting, I, I, I really like your pictures, I thought your smile was really awesome, and then they also have posts where they're like, that person should not public ever yeah. <laughs> like at the same time yeah. not changing their behavior Of it, but I think that there is 
I don't know. I've always been fascinated by it, and I, I'm still, you know, for years, and I'm still figuring out how to articulate why. I'm also fascinated by um, pro-Anna and pro-Mia yeah. communities in that they're, they're almost always communities of teenage girls who are supporting each other. Yeah. Now, the ways in which they're supporting each other are not always ones that I think are terribly healthy. Mm -hmm. I, I do worry about their health and, and sort of that situation. But how often do you see groups of teenage girls in, like, a supportive community? That's yeah. very strange. From a, soci from a sociological perspective, it's like, wow. Yeah. Like, this is this is deviant in the most interesting way possible. <laughs> so, yeah, but that's me being an academic and you being. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, what do you say to people who are, like, on the one hand, saying, you're awesome, but that's true. Everyone else is nice, but you're, you're offensive. Um, I think that it's important to remember, like, that just, like, we have days that go back and forth, and that's not an experience that is exclusive to, you know, to fat life, fat world, and lots of other people have that experience as well. And to, to make that sort of human connection with someone and go, well, you know what, you're fantastic, but I still have this concept in the back of my head. Um, there's... You can't argue someone out of that because it's not a rational mindset. It's their sort of enculturation and their experience kind of clashing directly. And you can say, you know, when you talk about fat this way, it really hurts me because I identify as fat. But you really have to kind of make it personal and also accept that you may be fighting against some ideas that you can only gain so much traction against. Um, it's because it isn't a rational response. It's people's highly emotional responses to the way they think the world is supposed to work. And you're telling them that no, it isn't. And you know, ultimately, I think it comes down to how, how, how comfortable are you being sort of their fat ambassador to show them that, yeah, the world doesn't work the way you thought it did, but it's still OK. Well, this, um, I run into that a lot in mixed groups where people, because I'm so not, I don't, I'm not very withdrawn about how I feel about that. So I tend to be very outspoken. And I have lots of friends who are sort of like, yeah, that's awesome. They're really behind it. And then they'll have a conversation about how, you know, they're too fat to lose jeans or they want to wear the certain size or if only I could lose, you know, 15 pounds, I would be happy with myself. And it's true, there doesn't seem to be a connection in, you know, where it's like, well, when you're talking badly or when you're you know, speaking negatively about fatness in any context, to some extent you are talking about me. There has to be, a, you know, a way of trying to communicate that to people that, that still respects bodily autonomy, that people get to do what they want and make their own choices. But, you know, it's, it's a... It's a tricky thing because on the one hand, I want to be like, you know what, when you talk this way, it's really uncomfortable for me and it, it, it crosses some boundaries. Um, but at the same time, you know, I want to keep that door open because they seem to think it's awesome for me. So why can't it be awesome for anyone? I mean, the worst thing is when someone is, you know, really behind what I do and then they'll see someone like and, and point out, you know, someone on the street and say, gosh, look how fat they are. And I'm like, like you're not. 
you know, like, what is that even, you know, just because you don't know them, it's okay. Like, I don't understand. Or they're, you know, fat people are people. Emphasis on the people. Yeah. I think that some of it comes down to they've put you in a different category. Um, like, fat still has all of those connotations as a concept. But you as a person, you know, they would have to, like, invent a new word if they were trying to describe you because they still couldn't use fat. Yeah. It would be like, well, I think that's why we have so many goddamn euphemisms. I mean, Fluffy, what the shit is that? <laughs> so I, I, I think that's why people are so eager to find other words to express the same idea. Yeah. I, I just wanted to echo what you were yeah. saying about um, knowing your tolerance when it comes to being a fat ambassador. Yeah. I've had more experiences um, like the one you're talking about, about being black. Um, and I find that part of it usually is when they start to do that delineation, um, it may, it might be the first step um, of them getting over themselves. Yeah. yeah. You know, and if you do have that tolerance, if you are willing to be incredibly gracious, yeah. you know, and, and tolerate the bullshit, they usually come out of it. And, I mean, it's a process. I think that a lot of times people are conditioned and socialized and never examine what they're, you know, dealing with or their lens in any way and you're the catalyst. Yeah. yeah. And if you're willing, you know, and capable and just, you know, able to be um, that catalyst, you can not, you know, be their magical fat person. <laughs> but, you know, help them, you know, guide themselves to a better place. I had a friend, I had actually, this reminds me of, um, I had a male friend in college who was, like, really nice and never respect. I always held him in arms, like, because he was horrifyingly homophobic, like, outrageously homophobic. And he got hair, urine, film school together, and he wound up working in a production group with a gay couple, and was horrified, wouldn't shut up, like, I actually kind of avoided him for a bit, because I'm like, this is making me so uncomfortable, and, um, at the end of the semester, I ran into him at, like, the student union, and he was like, and he was like a completely different person, and he actually apologized to me for having been, you know, an asshole for so long, and, you know, sort of said, like, you know, I really got to know these guys, and, like, you know, it was this this radical, and I kind of felt like, God, oh, I feel bad for these students who were in this group with you. That they basically had to do a they had to do a production and educate your punk ass the whole time. Um, but yeah, that was it was a radical experience for him, and it it really had you know. Do you want to speak? Come on, come on, we're gonna pass the mic. Woo! Introduce yourself for those who may not. I keep wanting to sing the piece. Well, I'm Deborah, and it's an honor to be on that Woo! Woo! Surrounded by a sea of fat people. Listening and hearing talking about important fat issues today. I'm really enjoying your layered tank tops as well. Yes. And can I also say that your jeans are fabulous and heels. Thank you. I was waiting for you to show off. I got these jeans from a oh, <laughs> shop person for now. Let me introduce someone else to you today. Oh, wait. Let me allow for her to introduce herself. That's right. As that happens. I'm Tarrette. I'm from Tarrette. Woo! I'm very, I was very jealous that um, the shop person, Lynn, got to sit down and be on that cast, and I didn't. I had to come in and be a fat baby and bombard my way to the front of 
that you're talking to and not to surround yourself with people whose experiences are just like yours because that's great and it's good to you know have people that you connect with and you identify with but it's also good to sort of realize that you know everybody lives you know it's own thing everybody lives in this world in their own way and we have to recognize that and we have to respect that even if we don't understand it because we're expecting other people to respect that about us well the magical thing like the actual fat magical thing is that if somebody just isn't getting it you don't have to deal with that. You can walk away. You can walk away. <laughs> and maybe, you know, maybe it's a coworker, but there's, you work out some kind of balance where you just don't talk about that at work. But in your personal life, if there's somebody who is giving you shit, and it doesn't matter whether they're family or they're friends of friends or whatever, you don't actually have to deal with that. And they don't have any particular rights to your presence and attention and good regard. You don't have to say, well, I really like them except for how they always call me a fat ass. You can just say, they always call me a fat ass. I'm not going to dinner with them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all about boundaries. Unfortunately, we have to wrap up. That's unfortunate. Especially since we started late. I know. Thank you, everybody. We love you guys. And we'll be doing a little bit of chat and stuff, so. But thank you so much, thank everybody, you. for coming and participating and listening and talking and all that good stuff. Yeah. Yay. Yay. Oh, wait, I have to do my finishing. Oh, that's right. That's right. You've been listening to Fatcast. Woo! Uh, <laughs> you were early. Woo! Again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Leslie. I'm Mary. Talk to you next time. Woo! <laughs> thank you guys so much yeah, for coming seriously. out. Yeah, seriously.